<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens. A production of WQPT. PBS for the Quad Cities region. A podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues, and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is the Cities Podcast. As Illinois faces lawsuits over its redistricting plans under a supermajority in the legislature of Democrats, Iowa right now is carving up its new districts with no political influence at all. At least not yet. The Iowa Legislative Services Agency is tasked by the Constitution and by state code to draw up new legislative and congressional districts free from political influence. But in the first week of October, a special session of the legislature meets to approve or reject the plan. That's where any politics could get involved. If lawmakers vote down that plan, it's back to the drawing board. And if that plan's rejected, the LSA goes back at it. But will it come to that? We talked with the head of the Iowa Republican Party, Jeff Kaufman, about that and Senator Chuck Grassley's decision to run for office again. I want to talk about redistricting, but obviously the big Iowa political news is Chuck Grassley saying he's going to run for re-election. Some might say he's been in office too long. What do you say to that? Well, honestly, Chuck Grassley can outthink me. Uh, he can outwork me, and I'll guarantee you he can outrun me. Uh, another uh, another six years in the Iowa Senate, it's a piece of cake for this fellow. No, I, I don't buy that at all. Um, in fact, be honest with you, I, I think it's a little bit of an of a, of a age bias uh, to, to say that when you have someone that's so clearly effective doing the 99-county tour. Uh, no, I, I mean, it, the decision that he made was a deliberate one. He took time to make that decision. And listen, whether it's whether it should be this way or not, the United States Senate is based on seniority. That that's the way it is. Whether it should be or not, that's a whole other discussion. But it is Iowa. And there's more people ride the New York City subway than live in the state of Iowa. For Iowa to have one of the longest serving senators and actually the longest serving senator in the GOP caucus gives us a greater than life voice in Washington, D.C., and that's exactly what the Hawkeye State needs. I'm, I'm excited. What does it say to those that believe in term limits among Republicans? Well, I mean, we, we, don't, uh, we don't have term limits right now. I mean, again, I would say within the, if we had term limits, then this decision would have been made. Chuck Grassley would not have to have taken uh, as long as he did to make up his mind. But I'll tell you, when I hear the debate back and forth with term limits, and it is a legitimate issue for Republicans and Democrats within their party to disagree. But I can tell you the one time when people push back on term limits is what about Chuck Grassley? Because if, the, if, if we ended term limits but did not end the seniority system in the Senate, that would be a problem. So as long as we have a seniority system in the Senate, 
we need to make sure that Iowa sends its longest serving. Quite frankly, Jim, that's the reason why a lot of Democrats voted for and will still vote for Chuck Grassley. And I will have to admit, it's the reason why a lot of Republicans voted for Tom Arkin, because they realized, even though they may not have had 100% agreement, they realized that that gave Iowa the loudest voice that we could possibly have in Washington, D.C. Let's talk about our main topic, though, and that's the redistricting maps that came out from the uh, Legislative Services Agency. On first blush, and now that you've had the chance to look at it a little bit longer, are Republicans going to support it? Does the party support it? They're having discussions right now. The party is, uh, is, is neutral on this. I definitely, I went through, first of all, as a former legislator, I went through this process back in 2010. Um, there are going to be Republicans that support this map. There are going to be Republicans that do not. Um, and I'm, you know, as the, as, a, as the party chair, I'm going to let them make up their minds. I'm going to make sure if they have questions that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm able to help answer those. But I'm going to let them decide at the statehouse. There's, you know, with any map, uh, there's going to be good and there's going to be bad. And there's going to be multiple considerations. This just isn't a matter of saying, you know, are the Republicans going to hold the legislature in this? But look, here, here's the simple fact. The, the Republicans have such a stronghold on the legislature right now. It really doesn't matter if, if we use this map or map two or map three. It's going to be favorable to Republicans. We know that. So the bottom, all you got to do is look at, at, the, at the districts, the new districts that come out and the districts that Trump won. It's overwhelming. The, what we need to do is we need to take into account a variety. Let me give you an example, Jim. Uh, in 2010, I voted against the first map that was ultimately adopted. I lost on that vote. And I'll tell you why. And it's, a, and it's a district that my son has won five times, so I hardly have any problem with the district politically. But I didn't like the fact that my small rural county of Cedar was almost an add-on to the larger Coralville, Iowa City uh, urban area. I didn't think that voted well for the district that I represented. So I voted no to that. So there are many considerations that have to be taken into, into account and not all of them revolve around a partisan uh, breakdown. You are a political animal, of course. So taking a look at those congressional districts, the new District 1 lumps not only the Quad Cities with Iowa City, but Cedar Rapids as well. Do you think that's gonna be very tough district for Republicans to win in the future with those three Democratic leaning cities? Sure, I mean, it, it's that, that's, it, there's always, in Eastern Iowa, there are going to be districts that are gonna be difficult for, for Republicans to win or for Democrats to win. I mean, look at the, our current second district. I mean, it, it was, uh, I mean, Miller Meeks tried four times before she won. I would say that, uh, you know, I, I would say that, that lumping three large urban areas together, I don't know if a person's from Cedar County or Muscatine County or a small rural county, that's, uh, you know, there, there, there's reasons there to have problems with that map based on that. On the other hand, uh, you, we have large urban areas in Muscatine County. I'm sorry, in, uh, in, in the first district and in, in, uh, in surrounding Muscatine and Cedar County. We do have the Quad Cities. We do have Cedar Rapids and Iowa City. And so we are going to get some districts that are more urban than others. Again, I'm not trying to hedge the issue, Jim. What I'm trying to say is there are going to be reasons for Republicans to support the current map that's in the first district, and there are going to be reasons to not support that. And it's going to be a, yeah, I, I predict there's not going to be a unanimous vote uh, either way on any of the maps if this first map is not accepted. 
Well, and you take a look at the state districts, the legislative districts, the state senate and the state representative districts. And here's the thing is that it may not be, you know, favoring the Democrats or the Republicans, but it certainly doesn't seem to be favoring incumbents. Some 60 state seats estimated by the Des Moines Register would have contested incumbents placed in the same district. 60 seats. Yeah, so, or I yeah, should say 60, I should say 60 incumbents rather, 60 incumbents, not 60 seats. And, and that is, I, I believe that is uh, higher than what you would normally expect. Although I remember I was a leader in the legislature in 2010, and there is nothing more difficult than having two friends, two colleagues, uh, two people that, that are possibly even, in, in, I know in 2010, we had two people that sat next to each other in the legislature that now are running against one another. And so we're not going to escape that. I mean, it, it, yes, this map has several of those. Map number two may not have quite as many but there will be several um it, it's i i don't think we're ever going to get away from that kind of a situation and certainly from the republican perspective we're not going to get away from that when you have 32 republican senators and after the newton race if we end up winning that which it looks like we will there's going to be 60 uh that are going to 60 republicans you're going to have republican incumbents having to run against one another what ensues after that is a lot of conversation. It's I, I believe it's a little more difficult, quite frankly, in the rural areas, because if somebody asks where I'm from, I don't say that I'm from District 73. Uh, I, I say that I'm from Cedar County or maybe Sugar Creek Township, as we were talking about ahead of time. But in the urban areas, you're from Cedar Rapids or you're from Marion or you're from Davenport or you're from Bettendorf. And so it's a little easier sometimes for incumbents to be able to be a little bit more mobile in those urban areas and still serve in uh, due form. So I would imagine there'll be all kinds of talks and negotiations along those lines. But first thing that has to happen is you got to know where those district lines are. And remember, the Supreme Court has said December 1st. So we have to have this process done on December 1st. Well, as you said, you're a lawmaker in the past and you did vote against it 10 years ago uh, when, it, when it last came up. Is it tough politically to vote against it? Because so many people are saying, oh, we're so happy that it's done this way in Iowa. It takes the politics out. Vote for this map and move on. Is that like some added pressure for a lawmaker right now, especially with the way the electorate feels towards politicians that, yeah, we do have to vote for this, even if it may not be in my best interest? I, I don't think so, because in as long as the vote is based on what is in your district's best interest. So in other words, I can I can see a person from, I'm sitting here in Cedar County uh, in this new first district. I can see a justification for a legislator voting yes from Cedar County. Um, you know, given the fact that there, that there are urban areas, given the fact that Eastern Iowa has urban areas, it's part of what I think makes Eastern Iowa strong. At the same time, if I'm sitting in Cedar County, Iowa, you tell me if the vast, vast majority of the first district is based on Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, and Davenport, um, and, and all of the surrounding areas, how strong is my voice going to be heard, especially on those issues that break rural-urban? The point I'm making, Jim, is, is there is a justification for voting yes. There's a justification for voting no. Here's, I think, what people don't want, and that is a last-minute, ninth-inning change in the process. The process that we have that has worked very well has always involved the potential of three maps. And we have done that in the past. We have turned down the first map. In fact, there's one situation where we turned down the first two maps. 
So as long as we don't try to actually gerrymander, where we actually deviate and you actually, the, the, the legislature itself actually sits down and draws those lines, as long as those, those ninth inning changes don't happen, I think people realize this is a long, drawn out process. It's a fair process, it's been tested. And once again, I, would, I, I think it's important people know that the first map and even the second map have been turned down in the past. And remember, the end result is not the politicians. The end result is the courts. Well, the Democrats are saying if, if you're uh, in, in a district uh, with another Democrat, don't think of putting up a for sale sign. In other words, don't think about moving out of the district. Don't do anything rash right now. What are you telling campaigns right now? Absolutely. That's what I would say. Let the legislature do its work. Uh, we, only have, uh, we only have a couple of months to wait. Let them study it. Both, both, uh, both caucuses, the Democratic caucus and the Republican caucus, are discussing this all of the time. I, I, I found it very, very peculiar that the Democratic minority leader let like 30 minutes go by and said, I'm in favor of it. Well, you don't even have time to analyze it at that point. That, that's a political statement in and of itself. But the bottom line is let them study it. I have not heard a definitive comment, and all I can speak to is the is the uh, is Republicans. I haven't heard a definitive comment on the part of either Jack Whitford, the majority leader, or uh, Pat Grassley, the uh, House Speaker, as to where they are leaning. All they're telling us is they're studying, and believe me, I was in Des Moines yesterday. I can tell you that both those gentlemen and their entire caucuses are heavily involved in taking a look at this map and the multiple factors that occur. So absolutely, uh, hold on. Take a time out and uh, remember up until next January, or I'm sorry, up until November, all of these districts are going to be, the, the districts we have right now still deserve representation. So there are plenty of things for these legislators to do right now in their districts as they stand. And in some cases, if they, if they know they're gonna lose a town or potentially uh, lose an entire county, it's time for you to, to, to double down and, and do your very, very best to represent them Yep, one final time. Well, Iowa House District 89, <laughs> maybe a number you know pretty well, uh, Norlin Momsen and a guy named Bobby Kaufman are both lumped into that same district. So what are you saying to your son these days? I'm telling, I'm, I'm saying one thing, both uh, Norlin and Bobby are terrific legislators, and I'm guessing that, uh, I'm guessing that Norlin and Bobby are uh, having some conversations right now, and I'm guessing that both of them think that Jeff Kaufman needs to keep his nose out of it. Our thanks to Iowa Republican Party Chairman Jeff Kaufman. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.